Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! Hello, everyone. Welcome into another edition of the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football on the Believe Network presented by Bet Online. I'm your host, Bryce Vance. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Make sure that you guys follow and subscribe to the podcast feed of your choice, whether it is Apple Podcast or Spotify. Uh, just make sure you are subscribed to those because it helps us um, provide more content for you. Like interviews like we're about to do here today uh, during the bye week. So I wanted to get more uh, of a perspective um, than just what I have here on what we've seen in the last seven weeks from Purdue. So that's why I reached out to Sam King of the Journal and Courier uh, located in Lafayette, just uh, just a handful of, of minutes away from Purdue. So I, I wanted to get his perspective because he's been on the Purdue beat uh, this year and you can follow him on Twitter or X at Samuel T. King to get all of his uh, thoughts, columns, uh, game recaps. He does it a fantastic job of covering Purdue and and the team. So if you're not following him, um, make sure you are doing so in reading all of his work because I think he does a great job. I follow him um, and, and look at his thoughts as the games are going on on Saturday. So Make sure you're following him on social media. You can follow me on social media as well on Instagram, TikTok, X, Facebook, anywhere uh, you want to get uh, short clips of the show or uh, if you just want to get some thoughts on um, or my thoughts on, on Purdue and how I think they're doing outside of what we do here on the podcast. So before we get into our interview with Sam King, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info with up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest odds, spreads, totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on stats, news, and odds. We have everything you need to stay up to speed on each LCS all the way through the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Now, let's get this interview with Sam King started right now. All right, now joining us here on the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football podcast is Sam King of the Journal and Courier out of uh, Lafayette. And uh, thanks you for uh, joining me here, Sam. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, no problem. Um, catching you at a good week. Uh, hopefully, you have some time off here with uh, with Purdue being on a bye. Um, and it feels like the the bye could come at a, comes at a great time for Purdue, just for them trying to get healthy. And hopefully, um, hopefully, you are trying to recover a little bit after <laughs> covering covering this team for for seven straight weeks. Yeah, and uh, you know, as much fun as it is to cover college football, it's more fun to cover a winning team. And right now, 
that's been a struggle. So uh, hopefully Purdue can come out of this playing a little bit better. We were supposed to um, have availability originally with, with Ryan Walters on Monday, and then he uh, he said he had recruiting commitments, so he couldn't do it. And lo and behold, Purdue gets a four-star tight end yesterday. So I think that uh, his time away from that press conference probably paid off. Uh, yeah. and, and that's kind of the hope right now is when you see the guys coming in next year, you're thinking, okay, big things are in the store, even though right now, you know, it looks pretty dim. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get into that uh, here in just a moment, but I, I want to start off kind of going back and what we've seen the last seven weeks. Um, first off, what were your expectations coming into the season and how has Purdue either met them or, or not at all? Uh well, I uh, I predicted before the season that Purdue would probably go six and six and get to a bowl game, which is still possible, uh, but it's getting harder and harder to do that. Uh, the schedule is more favorable here in the next five weeks than it has been thus far. So uh, that's kind of what Purdue is clinging to right now is we've got hopes of going to a bowl game. We have to win four out of five, but uh, the Boilermakers know they're, they're definitely capable of that. And I think that it's a team that, Every game until last Saturday against Ohio State, I felt like Purdue competed and, you know, and, and probably at least four of those losses had a chance to win the game and just, you know, mistakes, fumbles, um, missed assignments on defense, whatever it might be. And it felt like there's one or two plays you could take out of several of those games and say, if you make that play, Purdue wins. So it's not like this team is two and five and, and going out and getting um, getting blown out every week. It's a team that has been competitive each and every game until Ohio state. And even that, you know, you get a great first drive. And if you make the field goal or you get a touchdown on that drive, I think maybe it plays out a little bit differently, but things just kind of snowballed last Saturday. Yeah, that, that's, I saw that the same way. And I had a lot of people chiming in and some buddies who are Purdue fans thinking this is the first time all season. We felt like we didn't have the same type of personnel, <laughs> uh, especially, you know, along the lines and they got pushed around and, and obviously, um, when you're banged up in the secondary like Purdue is, um, Ohio State definitely has the manpower to take advantage of that. Um, you you mentioned, you know, getting to a bowl game, and I, and I was going to ask you about that uh, in a few questions, but I'll ask you now. You know, if you had to put a percentage on it, um, what do you give them um, percentage-wise winning four out of the last five? Obviously, the Michigan game is the toughest, and it, it, mm-hmm. and it might follow a similar format uh, to the Ohio State game, but uh, the, those other four games still feel like they should be a pretty winnable games. Yeah, I, I think, man, I would say it's a 50-50 right now, which is when you look at a two and five team and say they got a 50% chance of, of winning four out of five games, you might think I'm crazy. But um, a Michigan game is probably going to be a loss if we're being realistic. And mm-hmm. uh, then you have to look at, at the other four games, which is what, Minnesota, Northwestern, Indiana, and uh, I'm forgetting somebody here, uh, Nebraska. So those all, when you look at what those teams have done, you feel like Purdue could, could or should at least be competitive in those games and, and have a chance to win. It's just you can't have those mistakes, the the blown assignment that turns into a 50-yard touchdown, or you can't have the the fumbles or the interceptions, missed field goals, things that have cost Purdue up to this point. You've got to you know, quickly use this bye week um, to your advantage. It should be basically probably a couple days off this week. And then you've got an extra three or four days of preparation for Nebraska the next week. So hopefully that is something where you can go in basically as prepared as possible um, and you see nothing that uh, that surprises you. And if you can go to Nebraska, which is a crazy environment, no matter how good or bad the football team is, 
and get a win there, maybe you start to turn this thing around and, and believe and, and think, okay, now we've just got to win three out of four. And uh, then I think Michigan is after that. And then, you know, then you put yourself up against the wall if you lose that game and, and have to win three straight. But still, I definitely think, you know, 50% chance that that's possible of happening. What have you thought of Hudson card so far? Uh, honestly, um, I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think that we've seen the quarterback we thought uh, Purdue was getting. Uh, you know, all spring we heard about how he's this amazing NFL prospect caliber quarterback who can make plays and, and make up for a lot of mistakes. And so far we've seen moments, but it hasn't been consistent. And I'm still waiting for that that game where he goes out and throws for 300 yards and four touchdowns or, you know, makes a lot of plays and he is beat up a little bit right now. He took some shots against Illinois and then obviously Iowa, he got sacked six times and, and should have been sacked eight because he had two intentional groundings that were going to be sacks. if he didn't just fling the ball away. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, maybe this week is for him better than for anybody else on that team right now, because you've got to have your, your quarterback ready to go. I was, Glad to see that uh, when the game was out of reach last weekend against Ohio State, they put Bennett Meredith in and said there's no reason. And, you know, Hudson had taken every snap at quarterback until that point and sending him back out there to, to just get beat up. So you do need to see what you have behind him, especially when he's he's got this lingering shoulder issue uh, in case he can't go. But I really thought he would um, he would be a much better player than he's been so far. And, uh, you know, mostly, you know, you see – him being able to use his legs one week and the next week he goes away from it where you feel like there's opportunities to pick up yards with his legs. And looking back now, the Iowa game, there were several times where I thought, man, that's, they're giving you eight yards for free if you just take off running. But then you find out after the fact he's uh he's got a shoulder issue. So uh, maybe that played into it. You know, you don't want to run downfield and, and take a big shot and, and hurt yourself for the rest of the year. So uh, I think his best days are ahead of him still um, because what we've seen, and limited times that we've been allowed to watch, you know, actual scrimmage type situations in practice. Uh, he's got the tangible intangibles and everything to be a, a great quarterback, but it hasn't translated to Saturdays yet. What, what do you think is, is kind of holding it back is I, cause I mean, I think the offensive line has been consistently inconsistent, you know, the one week they, you know, they look good uh, another week, you know, they hold up well. And obviously the changes from week to week with the defenses that he's going up against. But I think it might have to do with, you know, the, the play calling as well. I know a lot of people have been frustrated with, with Graham Harrell because I, I've looked now for seven weeks to find out what the identity of this offense is. And we thought, you know, coming into the year it was going to be air raid, but we've, we've seen kind of a, a very little of, of that. Yeah. And, uh, I think Purdue really early in the season was pushing to get that running game going a little bit <clears throat> and it wasn't happening. That started to come around now. And now it's, you know, Purdue can't get, get first downs through the air or, um, you know, things that you thought, you know, initially when I heard air raid in the spring and I was asking all these questions and trying to learn about it, I thought tight ends aren't going to be used much running backs are, you know, going to be guys that on, third and two, you hand the ball off and hopefully can pick up a first down or use in a short passing game. And then the carries were going to be sparse. And that hasn't been the case. Uh, it's kind of been flipped here in recent weeks. Uh, I think Purdue has a lot of weapons at receiver. Unfortunately, another position that right now is kind of beat up a little bit. Uh, you lose Max Clare at tight end, but we've seen that tight ends are a big part of this, this offense now. And um, 
it's a position that Purdue's deep in, and, and you can really utilize that, hopefully. Uh, the offensive line has struggled. It struggled until Gus, Gus Hartwood came back in the Wisconsin game, I think it was. And then it was night and day difference, I think, after that. Uh, looked a lot better. But now you lose Marcus Bow, uh, who's a, a really good player. We don't know what uh, what happened with uh, Musa yet um, last Saturday, which if you lose those two guys, those are, you know, coming back off freshman All-American seasons a year ago. So uh, you can't afford to lose those guys. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what uh, five guys trot out on the field come the Nebraska game to, to see who's blocking. But uh, you're right. It's you've got to be good up front and Purdue has been in spurts and it's not been consistent. And that's been an issue. Uh, the thing that's frustrating is it feels like every time Purdue gets in a third and one situation, you know, they're going to be punting or it's going to be fourth and one. And that's been the case. And we've seen a lot of times that Purdue goes forward on fourth and short. And you feel like, you know, that's a situation where you do gamble and it's come back to bite the Boilermakers because you can't pick up one yard. And, uh, You've got to be able to pick up one yard. That's that's where games are won and lost sometimes is uh, gambling on those fourth downs. Uh, you know, I think back to maybe it was the Syracuse game. It was fourth and one at the five. And, you know, it's, it's a field goal opportunity to put points on the board, which ended up being huge in that game. Uh, but Purdue elects to go for it and, and can't get one yard. And then uh, Syracuse goes down and scores. So that's been probably the most frustrating thing. Now, I think we knew going into the season that the offensive line wasn't the strongest part of this team, but uh, I expected it to play better consistently throughout the year and not the the ups and downs that we've had so far. But it's also been a lot of shuffling with with some guys in different spots. I think on the other side of the ball, the defense, you know, it felt like they were trending in the right direction these last couple of weeks until the Ohio State game. And obviously they're playing, you know, Illinois and Iowa, whose offenses are, you know, what they are and not very good, um, especially, you know, the Iowa offense. But uh, it, what what have you seen so far that, you know, has making you think that, you know, Ryan Walters kind of, obviously he took over the, the play calling. Um, I think it was maybe the Illinois game. Right. And, and what have you seen from this defense? Cause it feels like the front seven has played pretty well in a lot of these games. And then the secondary, you know, um, has kind of had to play maybe, maybe not catch up as, as much, but, Thieneman has obviously been the star in that in that secondary. Uh, but how have you seen this defense, you know, give you hope that, you know, in the future, these next five games and then in the next year or so that they'll, they'll be improved? Yeah. Losing Marquise Wilson uh, two weeks ago was, was yeah. a big blow because he had been the best uh, cover corner mm-hmm. on the team. Yeah. Uh, so now you're asking Marquise Brown, who, you know, I've stood next to him and he's five foot eight, maybe, if we're being honest. Uh, yeah. Not a not a big dude. And then last week you have Derek Rogers Jr., a true freshman, covering Marvin Harrison, which is a mismatched nightmare. And you know, early on, I think he got a pass breakup and he was he was talking trash. And I was just thinking, you're in a world of hurt if you're, yeah. you're going to start this now. And, and sure enough, yeah. he was. But uh, I think that that's an area – this is going to be better down the road, honestly, because right now it's been inheriting the guys that were here and then trying to plug in through the transfer portal, which is what this defense is right now. Uh, now that Ryan Walters and his staff are going out and getting the guys that are system fits for what they want to do defensively, I think you look to the future. But we have seen glimpses of the, the defense playing pretty well, and it's kind of like the offensive line, just not consistent enough. And then 
when you get a situation where you're playing in Iowa, the offense has to help you out there. And I know Iowa is not a great offense, but you got to be able to score 21 points against that defense. Uh, it was one big run, really, and then one pass play that a, a guy got lost uh, going back to the one or two plays a game. Um, but but I think that one's on the offense more than the defense losing that game. Um, but also the Fresno State game, the offense scores with four minutes to go, I believe. And it's okay. You have to make one stop against Fresno State and, and you can't do it. And Fresno State scores the winning touchdown with 58 seconds or what, whatever is left on the clock. So mm-hmm. the two are not complementing each other, you know, each and every week, which when you can maybe get both of them clicking at the same time, we're going to see what this, this team is all about. But, uh, that complimentary football hasn't happened yet. And then lo and behold, you know, against Ohio state, you could even point at the special teams and say, guys, you know, we gave up too many big plays in special teams and missed three field goals. So um, that that's an issue. It just seems like for whatever reason, every week it's something different where you feel like the defense is starting to play well. Okay. Now the defense doesn't play well. You feel like the offense is trending in the right direction after Illinois and you go to Iowa and, and you can't even move the ball. So uh, it's just kind of frustrating, I guess, from that perspective that, not everything is is clicking on the same day. What what grade would you give Ryan Walters uh, seven games into into being a head coach? Uh, I thought Purdue would be three and three probably right now, or, or I guess three and three through six games, three and four maybe right now. Yeah. Um, so not far off of maybe what I expected from that um, yeah. initial uh, projection. Uh, I think that's. The fact that he realized going into the Illinois game, you know, his coordinators were on the sideline up until that point, and and he said, okay, Graham Harrell has to go upstairs in the press box. Kevin Kane has to go upstairs in the press box and try to rekindle that magic they had at Illinois where Walters was calling the plays from the sideline, and, and Kevin Kane is calling down from above and, and telling him what he sees, and then that seemed to work. And, you know, obviously Ohio State is a, a different animal, but uh, I think he's he's trying to push the right buttons right now, and um, I don't know that he's over his head as a, a first time head coach, but there is a lot of learning that, you know, when you're the guy versus when you're a coordinator and, you know, you can kind of uh, lean on a head coach like he had Brett Bielema in the past two years that, okay, what do we do here or whatever it might be. Um, I know he had a lot of creative control with the the defense at Illinois, but uh, now he's he's got a lot more on his shoulders because you're asking him to make a, a decision on a third and one or a fourth and one. And do you step over Graham Harrell and say, uh, you know, this is the play we're going to run. We're not going to run the play that you called, which has happened a couple times. And and he's admitted in in uh, post games that, you know, where you say Graham did this or, you know, Graham Harrell called this. And he said, no, I, I stepped in and said, we're going to run this play. So it's on me. Um, I think he's, you know, right now just kind of up against it. And, and when you become a, a two and five team, you maybe start pressing a little bit. But um, the thing I like about him is he's never too high, never too low. He seems like the same guy on Monday going into a game week as he is on Saturday after a, a 41 to seven loss. So uh, I, I think he realized the the situation. Um, you got to stay even keel and keep your goals in check. And, and right now Purdue's goals are to, to get to a bowl game. So uh, I think that he's kind of kept the guys engaged, which isn't always easy to do. I would say, you know, probably it's hard to say for a, a two and five team to say like a B, B minus, but, I feel yeah. like he's done a good job keeping this team together through some adversity where they've lost key playmakers, uh, key linemen, and uh, they continue to lose games. Uh, but yet every week you talk to the guys and they're very positive and think this is the point our season can turn around on Saturday. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll leave you. I'll leave you with this. And and you kind of mentioned you know recruiting and you know how the, I think they've done you know pretty well on that on the recruiting trail so far. Um, but you know with these last five games before they get to the off season and, and national signing day and you know all that goes in, in, in into that. What do you need to see in these last five games um, that makes that would make a Purdue uh, fan, the fan base, feel good that this team is this program is headed in the right direction? going into the offseason. Yeah, uh, you need to see just progress. And even if Purdue doesn't get to a bowl game, you'd like to see, obviously, Purdue fans want to be Indiana, regardless. You could be 0-11, and that's a huge game uh, to go out and win. So uh, you got to win the buckets, and uh, I think you have to prove that uh, there's some fight in you here over these last few games. Even if you go to Mich- Michigan and, and get blown out, you want to see the team compete, which I don't think it did very well against Ohio State. So um, and then moving forward, uh, I think Purdue fans will be very happy with the talent coming here uh, in the future. And uh, you know, it's not the NFL. There is no tanking for a high draft pick. So you might as well go out and, and win every game. Um, but that, that's the main thing I'm looking for is, you know, especially now with, with some younger guys getting opportunities that maybe we didn't expect. We've seen uh, Jerron Tibbs at receiver the last few weeks, Jaden Dixon Beal getting opportunities at receiver. Uh, Mershon Rice, who all year I was like, where is this guy? We heard about him, you know, coming into the year and then he hadn't played. And then he's he's the best receiver against Ohio State. Um, you want to see that? And then uh, I've been really impressed with Devin Lockabee, um the last couple of weeks. And I will, he took a lot of um, a lot of blame for the fumbles early on. And he only fumbled once last year. But maybe that's what you'd like to see is more guys you know, figuring it out and, and turning in the right direction. And, and, and Maccabee said after the Ohio State game, like, listen, we're still in it to win the whole thing. Like the, our mindset hasn't changed. And um, the team plays like that. I feel like they, they go out and, and believe they can beat anybody. Um, it is, you know, for whatever reason, didn't translate to the Ohio State game. But um, if, if they can do that, if Purdue can go out and play these last five games and you feel like that's a team that could have won that game and then you finish the season beating Indiana, um, I think that, that that's about all you can ask for right now. And if you get a, a bull trip out of it, even better. You can follow him on Twitter or X at Samuel T. King. He does a tremendous job covering the Boilermakers for the Journal and Courier. Sam, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. That was Sam King of the Journal and Courier out of Lafayette. Thank you so much to him for uh, giving some perspective. Hopefully he uh, walked you guys off the ledge a little bit if you were out there. Uh, I don't think a lot of people are are completely looking over the edge, but some people are starting to creep towards it. But you got to remember it's it's still year one under Ryan Walters, and there's a lot of positive things that can come out of these last five games. And and I think that, you know, there's some things that have been bright spots. We've talked about those, and there's still a lot of things to work on as well. So uh, that'll do it for this midweek podcast um you make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel you know we're getting more and more viewers each week but subscribers is not really following that kind of trend so make sure that you are subscribing to the channel um to get the the video version or follow on apple podcast or spotify or wherever you choose to listen to this podcast where we're seeing it definitely trending up with uh, as the season goes along so i appreciate you guys listening in and and tuning in and commenting on the videos. I appreciate all of you guys. So um, we will have a Sunday show like we normally do. It'll be a little bit different. Um, won't be a guest or anything. We're going to try to do a, a mid-season report card. 
So uh, let's think of it as a midterm. We'll go through the offense, defense, uh, might, might go position by position to kind of give a grade out to each thing. We'll give a grade to the coaching staff as well as I kind of, you know, gave to, to Sam kind of what kind of grade he would give to Ryan Walters um, if he were seven games into his head coaching career. So we'll kind of give a grade to, to each unit on the team so far, and uh, and uh, we'll see how the report card comes back and whether or not you would want to take that report card back to your parents or would you try to fudge some of the letters to turn an F into an A or uh, a C into an A, you know, something, you know, like that. You ever do that? I, I never did. Um, straight A student over here. Eh, maybe got the B occasionally. So, but until then, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football on the Believe Network presented by Bet Online. I've been your host, Bryce Vance. See you guys on Sunday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.